Now it sounds very fishy, like the Negaverse has something to do with it. The Negaverse? Get real! Anyway, that's Amy and Ray's department. So reload! <laughs> Joke, Sona! Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we watch every single episode of classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime with a guest, and we talk about just why it is that we love this show so much. Why is it we love this show so much? Uh, We have a, I'm not going to lie, we have a weird one today. This week and last week. (laughs) That's really mean to say that she's a weird guest. No, no, no. The show is weird. (laughs) The guest is great. The guest is also weird. The guest is delightful. We have Karen Healy rejoining us. Uh, Karen, how are you? All the way from New Zealand. I know. I'm in the future, by the way. It's pretty cool here. Yeah, it's it's Sunday morning. The rabbits have taken over. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Fortunately, you're an island, so... The show that we're going to watch, we're going to watch episode 18 of Sailor Moon, which is, uh, what is it? Shingo's Love? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? You know what? It's, it's actually interesting. I, I saw two different versions of the name. The version I read last time was Shingo's Love, the Grieving Doll. But I found another site that calls it Shingo's Innocent Love, a Sorrowful French Doll. That I think is the more accurate translation. Okay. Uh, let's see. What is it called on the uh, DVD here? It is called uh, Shingo's Love, the Grieving Doll on the DVD. So if you're looking for it on Hulu, it is That's under it that is. title. And of course, yeah. Deke called it Dangerous Dollies. Yeah. Of course they did. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> I do love the kind of terrible generic titles that Deke gave to these episodes. Because I think the Japanese titles of shows have a unique charm all of their own. Um, I've been listening to a podcast about Die Ranger, which was the, I think, 1993 installment of Super Sentai. And they they talked about how if like Star Wars had been a, a Japanese Sentai show or a Japanese anime, it would have been called uh, Danger in the Clouds. Vader is Luke's father? <laughs> that would have been the title. That is, of the movie. that is so good. <laughs> oh, I so love, love that. And if you like, if you want to read some of the most amazing sentences you have ever read in your life, go look at the episode titles for the Japanese Spider-Man show because they are awesome. I went, uh, I went to Universal Studios hand and I went on the Spider-Man ride and it was awesome. Is it the same ride that they have at Universal in Florida or that they Sora. used to have before, um, before Marvel sold out? No, it's still there. It's still there. <laughs> it's still there. I was there a couple of years ago. Because um, that is a the, great, great ride. The Universal, it's, it's the same sort of like the, the mechanics are the same, but it's got all the Japanese footage from the Japanese TV show. As oh you, my you know, God. No way. Yeah, it's really cool. Because the one in Florida is all like the 90s cartoon, like the 94 yeah. cartoon. Well, now Chris oh my is God. planning that, his trip to Japan. That is, we gotta go. <laughs> We gotta go. Uh, but Karen Healy, last week we talked about your history with Sailor Moon and how it relates to your love of candy. Yes. Uh, and now it's time for a segment of the show I like to call, so tell me about your fan fiction. <laughs> we talked a little um, bit about this last week, but you, I, you, I don't yeah. think you got into plot specifics. I want to know what, what you were writing uh, about. I think it was fairly sort of um, Serena and Darian, I was working with the, the dub, Serena and Darian get married and Ray is jealous and then is like, you know what, I'm just going to be there for my friend and then 
is there for her friend. So, you know, I hadn't sort of worked out the idea that you want conflict in a plot. But yeah, no, it was really great. And I didn't I didn't do a lot of standalone fanfic. I did that. And then I did the, like manga influenced fan, uh, fanfic, which was actually, wasn't fanfic, it was original stories, but we treated it like fanfic for shows that didn't exist, oh. um, which was which was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then I did that and now I get paid to write. So that was cool. Yeah, I, I liked it. I like fanfic. I like the, the unity, but there's a lot of stuff that also happens in there that's kind of really gross like like hating on the girls or yeah. um, if you if you have like for example if you're a Ray Darian shipper uh, you wouldn't just have Serena and, and Darian break up in an amicable manner like she had to be this horrible shrieking shrew that you know went to a party and got drunk and fell off a cliff and died right. and then Ray and Darian could get okay look it. though that does sound plausible <laughs> I mean it is canonical that uh, Isagi goes to parties and gets drunk yeah <laughs> All you need is a cliff. <laughs> well, we had one on the last episode. Also, I like I, I sympathize with you. I can't imagine what it would be like if there were uh, so-called fans who really, really hated one of the Sailor Scouts and talked about how they hated one of the Sailor Scouts all the time. Yeah, that would be what kind of jerks would do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, Chris, actually, that gives us an opportunity to go into a mini episode of Act Sorry, uh, although this one is not to Sailor Moon, but an Act Sorry to former guest of the show and, and friend of the show, Betty Fallon, who pointed out on Twitter that when she was on the show, she called Sailor Mars an assertive Lois Lane type, to which you replied, Sailor She's Mars. She's not Lois Lane. It's not Lois Lane. And then went on a few episodes later to talk about how much like Lois Lane she was. She was very much like Lois Lane, Lois Lane in that episode. Though. Chris, she sorry, wasn't- no, you, you, you have sucked this one out. All right, all right. <laughs> Betty, I am sorry. You were right, and I was temporarily mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> so close, so close. Okay, I was wrong. I was wrong. You were right. I was wrong. Oh my God. There. I you hope you're happy. that, right? That was pretty funny. It Jordan, I trust funny. you to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> And we actually do have a couple of questions on Twitter that we can go over well, if, you, if you'd like to. Real real quick, though, uh, Karen, who oh. is your favorite scout? Oh, right, do you have a favorite? Oh, well, it used to be Amy because I was, you know, I said I had a group of friends who were all into Sailor Moon. And so we had to, uh, you know, align ourselves with our character traits. And I was the smart one. Please hear my quotes. Um, <laughs> but I actually think that I probably have more in common with Usagi in that I like sleeping and eating and I'm not all that brave. But if something happens that is unforgivable, I will leap in there and yell. <laughs> good answer good answer uh when we all agree with you except chris who thinks they're all the best nah. i do look i like i like them all i like them all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except ray uh, now actually no listen i play it up for the show i i do like ray i do like ray as a character i just think like sometimes like she's not as bad as darian but like sometimes she can be a jerk i genuinely yeah, dislike good. darian i genuinely dislike memoru i like yeah. him way more than i like ray wow really? yeah Yes. He, he gets better. Pile of trash. He gets better. <laughs> All right. She, she well, like true. dies for her. That's that is well. So does he. But yes, you're right. Well, accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm going to go and take out these two girls. That's what I'm going to do because I love you, and this is our mission. And then I'm going to come back from the dead to help you some more. <laughs> So, and again, I, I think it's a problem that largely comes from the structure of the show in that there are so many episodes of the show and there's so much more than the manga. And so if you want to hit the same beats as the manga, but you've got, you know, 15 episodes in between the uh, adaptation of Ray's first appearance and then the adaptation of the next story in the manga, there's like a long stretch in there where you can't really have the characters develop. So they just stay as they were. 
<laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Uh, the, the more we watch the old show, the more that my wife, Devin, is just like, they, they're they just not playing Ray anything like the manga. Like, that she's not like this in the manga. Yeah, because she's she's already past this phase of her relationship with, with Yusagi. And the same mm. thing, honestly, the same thing goes with Memoru. Yeah. Memoru, if you read the manga, or even if you watch Crystal, is a lot less of a dick. <laughs> because he's not doing it every week. Yeah. Like, he, like, because the manga, how many chapters is it in the manga before they go fight Queen Beryl? It's not a lot. I mean, we're on episode 18 of Sailor Moon and uh, Jupiter hasn't even shown up yet. No, and we've got no. a long way to go before she does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quite a while. Quite a while. <laughs> Speaking of Tuxedo Mask, though, the first question we had was, Tuxedo Mask in a tuxedo match, who is his rival? Oh, man. Uh, who Just else wait. wears a tuxedo? Pro- no. Do you guys know what a tuxedo match is? I don't. No. Okay. A tuxedo match is a pro wrestling match uh, oh, that's usually uh, held among non-wrestlers. Okay. Uh, it's oh. usually held among either managers or or ring announcers or uh, someone who Ballets? is not typically a competitor. Valets also can do it. <laughs> Uh, the the lady counterpart tends to be a an evening gown match. Whoa. The object of the match is to strip your opponent of a tuxedo. Oh my god! Sounds <laughs> so gay. I'm super happy. <laughs> I mean, look, it's a little homoerotic. Oh my god! <laughs> But the object is that you will, like, humiliate your opponent by stripping him of his tuxedo in the ring. That's amazing. Uh, So we would need someone else. But then, then it it all turns uh, erotic. (laughs) I mean, if we watch someone... Should I talk about this in my Darian voice, everybody? (laughs) No, God, no, God. (laughs) If we want someone that is dressed exactly the same way as him, we would have to use Dracula, because that's pretty much the only person with the exact same outfit as Tuxedo Mask. That is true. He does, like, he is not wearing a tuxedo. He is wearing a Dracula costume. (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) Uh, With a top hat. (laughs) Yes. And and a mask. Yeah. So Uh, who else is, like, Victorian evening... Yeah, it's like yes. he, he's dressed like a gentleman thief. Yes. So, so maybe like Lupin the first. Yeah. Quite <laughs> cool. In that situation, Lupin wins, obviously. I um, think there are not a lot of people that, that Tuxedo Mask could actually beat in a Tuxedo Mask. Well, if he can if he can get far enough away from them, he can probably throw enough roses that like will slice off their clothing. Oh, that is probably true. But not if it's Dracula. That's if true. It's, if it's Dracula, it's Dracula. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dracula wins if it's Dracula, of course. What about characters who wear actual Tuxedo? So I'm thinking like Bruce Wayne. It's like James Bond. James Bond. Look, look, there's no way Bruce Wayne is losing to Tuxedo Mask. Well, no, no way. You're wrong. Bruce Wayne would throw the fight because he's Bruce Wayne. Oh, Oh, I guess that's true. But he wouldn't want you to see how super ripped he is under his tuxedo. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And all his scars. Why does that guy look like he does parkour and and mixed martial arts all the time? (laughs) So maybe he's wearing like a heavy layer of body makeup because you can talk away how ripped you are. He'd do one of those like Silver Age things where he'd like pretend to trip and then like just paralyze Tuxedo Mask with a nerve hold. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so drunk. I've fallen over my own feet. I'm such a billionaire playboy. My opponent's down. Gonna take his clothes off. Karen, you should be writing Batman. Please be writing Detective Comics. That's great. That's great. I've got another question about Mamoru. How do you think Motoki and Mamoru became friends, seeing how one is a sweetheart and the other a huge jerk? (laughs) 
And this is from, oh, by the way, the first question was from One Word Long on Twitter, and this one is from Kevin Colbert. Uh, um, I, I mean, they're, they're school chums, I think. Yeah, and I feel like maybe at some point, Mamoru was mean to someone who was being mean to Motoki. He and- does mention, it, it is mentioned in the novel that uh, Motoki was uh, be, was attacked at one point, and uh, uh, Darian beat up the punks that were attacking him. Plus, I think Motoki's insane uh, compulsive friendliness, I think Mamoru being a very sad and lonely uh, uh, orphan, Motoki mm. probably was naturally drawn to, to him to be nice to him and cheer him up. And yeah, he I, I think- just, yeah, he was so nice to him that, that, that it worked. Like, it was just like a battery of niceness. And then <laughs> Mamoru's like, oh, I guess I will behave like a human being with this one person. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I mean, I think, I think that's what it is, because I think if we know anything about uh, Motoki, it's that he's nice. Like, he's unwaveringly nice to Usagi. He's, or, you know, he's really charming. And I think what we're supposed to learn from that friendship is that Memoru is nice somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's dealing with a lot of stuff, like his attraction to this 14-year-old and his blackouts <laughs> and being an orphan and an ex-model. <laughs> who, 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 according to that novel... spat out by the world of Calvin Klein. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, that novel makes me think something happened where he went and did a modeling gig for somebody he didn't know well enough. Yeah. Oh, ooh. That is a that is a heavy implication in that novel. Uh, so yeah, they met at school, and Masuki's really nice. Uh, here's another question. This one is about Ray. Would uh, and it's from David Gossett. He says, "Would your opinion of Ray change if you thought of her as the Wolverine of the team?" <gasps> I, she is I did the not. Wolverine. No, because that makes that makes Usagi the Cyclops, and that is clearly not true. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on, Amy's the Cyclops. No, no, I think Luna's the Cyclops. Luna. Luna's Professor X. All right, all right, that's fair. Luna's Professor X. Amy's Beast. <laughs> No. Oh, no, she's no, not she's fun not. loving enough to be beast. She's smart yeah, she's enough not. to be beast. She's Amy loves enough. fun. She loves math problems. Yeah. Math problems are the most fun. Beast. But she's not, yeah. Beast is like so sort of like uh, cavalier about science. Yeah. And yeah. she's really not. So she could be, uh, I don't know, Cyclops. I don't know if she's Cyclops, though. Anyway, mm-hmm. I actually might say, I mean, first of all, uh, I, I, I would say that Jupiter is the Wolverine. No, she's she's too nice. Well, she is She's nice. too love-struck. Wolverine's not usually... <laughs> That's well, I true. mean, I guess he is with, like, certain characters, but he's not Gene. He's not girl-crazy in the way that uh, Jupiter is boy-crazy. That's true. You're right. Who is, though? Oh, no, okay, Iceman. So she's the Iceman? All right. Yeah, she's the Iceman, which is weird. <laughs> she just has the powers. So Angel, Angel is uh, is obviously Venus. Why? Yes. She's not rich? Yes, she is. Uh, she, she is rich. She's an, she's an, uh, an idol. Oh, yeah, I guess that she licenses out her image and all that. And she's... Yeah. And she's like very aware of how pretty she is and <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's that's warren all over really but i See, but Yusagi got, can't be original five instead of uh when wolverine shows up okay so who's marvel girl oh, uh man. okay well who's the worst sailor scout oh wow yeah i'm sorry she's great terrible jordan no oh, way awesome she's oh the my worst. god i don't want to be on the show anymore <laughs> <laughs> I'm on her side. I want her. I, I always think she should come back to life. <laughs> Jean Grey is fantastic. Well, Jean Grey, obviously not with Cyclops because Emma Frost <laughs> and Cyclops are beautiful together. See, the main, but, my main 
main problem with the X-Men is that I, I love the, the Claremont and Byrne comics, but like when I was a kid, what really informed me about the X-Men more than anything else was the cartoon. Sure. And all Jean does on the cartoon is is fall down. Yeah. But that's not Every her time fault. she tries to use her powers, that's it's like, Scott fault. falls down. That's not her fault. <laughs> oh, hey, did I tell you about that time I was in a hot tub with Chris Claremont? <laughs> no. So this one time I was in a hot tub. <laughs> that's, that's the whole story, really. It was okay. on a writer's retreat and his wife was in an agent with my agent cool it was a big hot pool but <laughs> i still get to say that to people so that's exciting that's great i don't know i i, I don't like thinking of ray as the wolverine of the team because i think that's insulting to wolverine <gasps> i think well, the problem is that wolverine is <laughs> the problem is that wolverine is a loner right technically well, she is too. I mean, you know, or, or not even technically but like ostensibly no, 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 no. mars isn't a loner she wants to be in charge mm, yeah, so, that's true. The, so they have a they have a dynamic that i don't think is reflected in the is she like the alex summers i honestly i actually do think of her as being cyclops except if cyclops never actually gets to be the leader like if 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 wolverine wins Every time, which makes you soggy, Wolverine, and that doesn't make sense either. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know I if the X Men like works. I feel this. like there's a version of this show where Ray is the leader. Like, like if we weren't following Usagi, we would just think Ray was the leader because they always yeah, have maybe. the meetings. They always have like the group meetings at her at the temple, uh, and I think just Luna just happens to live with. <laughs> With uh, Serena, with Usagi. Yeah. Right. You might be right. If you asked Amy, she'd be like, yeah, it's oh, yeah Ray's the leader. leader. <laughs> right now. Maybe you're right right now. I mean, obviously, once she becomes the moon princess, they all fall in which line. Is just, which is just terrible. I mean, monarchy doesn't actually make Serena a better leader. <laughs> well, it turns out it does. Because she... <laughs> So that's the last yeah. question we've got uh, on Twitter right now. But again, if you want to if you want to send us a question that we can talk about in the future, uh, feel free to tweet us at Sailor Business on Twitter. So now let's go ahead and start up the episode. This is eight, episode 18. Uh, Shingo's love, the grieving doll. And it's super creepy, everybody. It's <laughs> so, so I was watching this l- late last night. I was watching this at like two o'clock in the morning. Oh. I I did not want to continue, but <laughs> I did like, it for you. It's like the most actually horror movie esque so far. It really is. Like, there have been scary things uh, before, like, uh, the first episode, the monster in the first episode, when its head turns around, and when uh, the kind of doll-like monster shows up in the Dreamland episode. Oh, yeah, I think good. that's a really good monster that's genuinely scary. But here it's just like, scary stuff is just happening. Yeah. And everybody's like, this is normal. Yeah. <laughs> this is Like, this little girl, all. this little girl who is already kind of weird, but she's, like, her bedroom is just covered in dolls. Do you guys watch Brooklyn they- Nine? Yes. Yes. Okay. So the the guest house with the creepy doll room. Oh yes. Like, oh, we thought it would be funny, but it's just really scary. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's how right. I feel about this room that this little girl grows up in and sleeps in, with the eyes of the deathless watching her. <laughs> The eyes of the deathless. I love it. So we start off uh, our heroine. If you are just joining us, is Usagi Tsukino. She's 14 years old. She's cancer, blood type O. She might not look like it. She might not look like it, but she actually fights crimes. A cat gave her a strange uh, transformation brooch and told her she was a superhero. I I, I just remembered that I forgot to mention something last episode, and I'm sorry to bring it up now. She uses a transformation brooch. Yes. She wasn't wearing it in her bathing suit. (gasps) Oh! 
where did it come from? Did Luna poop it out again? <laughs> it was probably on, we never see the bow on her back. Oh, it was probably on the bow sure, on her back. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure. That was sure. a really good rewrite you just did there, Chris. Well done. Because yeah. that's the bow Luna steals to get her to go do the investigation. That's true. <laughs> she is friends with the kind-hearted genius, Amy Mizuno, and the hot-headed psychic, Ray Hino. And guys, guess what? What? That's Sailor Mercury and Sailor Mars. <gasps> Spoilers. Oh my god! Uh, they've got it together a little better than she does, but she's going to try her best because Isagi is the best. Yes. Uh, we open this story in the Dark Kingdom. Oh, this Queen is Beryl. a great scene. Oh, oh he, he's called to the manager's office. No, this is where you find out that Nephrite has giant balls. <laughs> <laughs> He gets, like you said, he gets called to task by Queen Beryl. She goes, how's it going uh, with that killing the Sailor Scouts thing? He's like, I got it. I got it. Don't don't you worry your pretty little head about it, Queen Beryl. <laughs> <laughs> and then Zoisite shows up just to be a jerk. <laughs> Again, sitting in midair. Yeah, my note, that, my note for this says Zoisite, you troll. Mm-hmm. There is one thing that you cannot say about the uh, the Dark Kingdom generals, the four kings of heaven. They are ballers. <laughs> <laughs> Zoisite just appearing in a cloud of uh, cherry blossoms, kicking back, legs crossed, midair. <laughs> Nobody else is floating, is the thing. <laughs> Right. That's right. He's standing like, on the ground. Float. Yeah. One thing, one thing you get in the Dark Kingdom is uh, great hair and yeah. uh, baller ways of entering a room. I mean, they just, they just, how much of the energy they're gathering are they using for <laughs> Kiki? Like, a lot. Good question. When it turned out that was the Dark Kingdom's plot. Like, <laughs> hey, uh, why do we need all this energy? Because uh, Queen Metallia likes us to have really nice hair. <laughs> <laughs> so Zoisite so, shows up and just goes, like, Yeah, you are doing a lousy job you know like uh you're not do- and queen so queen barrel goes oh you know what zoisite's right why don't you and zoisite work together and nephrite's like uh no i don't work with zoisite i'm out and just leaves right to her face <laughs> right just walks out on the boss it and, oh, and i think i think am i am i wrong is this i think he says i'm not working for queen barrel i'm doing this yeah, for I'm not, me i'm not doing this for queen barrel i'm doing this for another reason and zoisite's like ha ha that was the wrong thing to say <laughs> <laughs> and so Nephilim walks out, gone. And then we get to start the, the episode with the scouts, the scouts part. Right. So Usagi's awake. Yes. And she's she's beaming with pride. She's so <laughs> proud of herself for getting up and being at the breakfast table for breakfast, which is pretty humorous. And uh, Shingo is like, hey, uh, normal people do this every day. <laughs> it's like, well, I question that. I've never been up early. <laughs> uh, so immediately Usagi turns the tables because uh, Papa. Uh, Tsukino announces that uh, Mika, who is Shingo's girlfriend, oh. has won a French doll designing contest. How many contests are there going in the Juban district at a any lot. given time? A lot. A uh, lot. But here's another thing. I immediately, as soon as they started reading this article, went, uh, this is, I call, I call shenanigans. Because basically what they announce is, hey, the daughter of a doll maker won a doll making contest. <laughs> Hang on a second. But we uh, see that she actually does make them herself. Turns out she does. But I still yeah. think that's a bit of an unfair advantage. <laughs> what are you going to do when, like, the daughter of the coach wins a running scholarship? Yep. You're going to be like, do well, you- we should have we should have handicapped her on that one. It sounds to <laughs> me like uh, Jordan doesn't think girls can make dolls. <laughs> <laughs> doll making is a man's think game. Young people can accomplish anything. Yes, doll making is, is for adult men. <laughs> 
<laughs> making their My Little Pony plushies. <laughs> well, at the end of breakfast, uh, Isagi realizes that she's late and she runs out the door. Uh, no toast. Nope. This is something that Leanne Centaur addresses and fixes. Oh, nice. In volume six of the Sailor Moon novelization, Scouts on Film, where it is specified that Usagi puts a piece of toast in her mouth as she runs out the door, as it should be. It, it's really funny. We've had so many more instances of you saying, hey, why doesn't she have toast in her mouth than we've had toast in her mouth? I, like, it doesn't happen as much it, as I, I thought it did. Maybe it's, it's gotta be... Must happen it's later. It's gotta be yeah. other manga that I am conflating with Sailor Moon. Because I know it's a thing. Like, my friends and I have talked about it being a thing. Oh, yeah. Like, the I day. get I get Snapchats from my friends with toast hanging out of their mouth. Do you? It's like, I'm late for anime school. It must it must be... I mean, or also, listen, she's in school for the entire rest of the series, so it's, it's not like there's not plenty of opportunity for her to do that. Japanese toast, by the way, is really, really good. What's the difference? It's thick. It's like white. It's always white. There's no whole white bread in Japan. Um, well, I lie. I lie, but it's not common. Um, and it's really, really thick, so it's like this massive pillow of lightly toasted white bread, and they put a lot of sugar in the bread. Oh. So you bite into it, and it's like, I know that as Americans, you are accustomed to like breakfast cake, but as a New Zealander, this was really exciting. Oh, it was what so good. You, what do you mean by <laughs> breakfast cake? Don't you have like actual coffee cake that is like a breakfast cake? Oh, thing yeah, yeah, like yeah. That is a thing. Sweet croissants and all that kind of stuff. I would New, say Zealand's, New Zealand's national cereal is bricks of compressed wheat flakes. Oof. I would say coffee cake is definitely a thing. It's not I, it's not very, not an everyday thing though. Although we do have a lot of breakfast cereal that's like all sugar. Don't you have like cookie cereal? That's oh, absolutely. We have cookie cookie crisp is a thing. Uh, we have Cocoa Puff cereal. We have we have Reese's Pieces cereal. cereal that's with, the, the, like, the chocolate peanut butter thing? Yes. Oh, <laughs> they have little God. puffs, that some that are flavored like chocolate, some that are flavored like peanut butter. <laughs> beautiful. Chris, what's your favorite sugary cereal? I actually like old person cereal. What? I like cereal, believe it or not, like I, I ate um, some uh, Count Chocula and Frankenberry. <laughs> Have you heard of Count Chocula and Frankenberry? Uh, okay, so Count Chocula I've heard of in lots of jokes, like he's not even a Count jokes. Is that like Cocoa Puffs? Yeah, it's a chocolate cereal, but also with chocolate marshmallows. <laughs> And it is oh, only cereal. Yes, your country is weird. It's only sir. It's only sold at Halloween. Is that true? Yeah, they only sell it at Halloween. Oh, well, they sell it like September. It used November. to be all year round. That's I, I didn't know it. It was reduced. Yeah, well, because it doesn't sell very well. Oh, uh, it's but not yeah, that mostly, good. <laughs> honestly, what I eat is like basic four, oh. which is like a cereal for ninety-year-old people, and it's delicious. I, I was really excited to try Raisin Bran Crunch the other day. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you can't. Run run out of the house with that and you're hanging out of your mouth. So. No, yeah. you need the toast. Yeah. Uh, so, from there, we actually cut to the end. Well, well, we get Usagi getting to school and immediately being yelled at by Haruna uh, for being late again. Again. I uh, am so sympathetic to Haruna about this. It is so hard to be starting your setup for your class and you're handing everything out and everybody's there and then somebody comes in late you're like, okay, although I don't yell at them. I'm like, okay, glad you could join us. Come on in. This is what we're up to. Did but, you make them yeah. stand out in the hall holding buckets? <laughs> no. No, that's 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 not a thing that we're allowed to do. <laughs> and actually, I think that in Japanese classrooms, you're not actually allowed to kick students out anymore. Oh, like I think every student who wants to be part of the class is has that right. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Well, look, I I don't think Haruna has a leg to stand on in this because she has bailed out of class to go on dates before. That's like, oh yeah, that's in the middle. Yeah, of that. she's not a she's not a very good teacher. <laughs> oh wait, what episode was that in? That was the uh, that was the. Clock- Episode. Episode. Oh, did yeah. we count?
counter for that one? All right, all right. Um, just so you know, uh, I googled Japanese toast as a result of the conversation, and I'm looking at amazing pictures of Japanese toast art. Basically, people doing like anime drawings on toast, and also toast with heaping piles of ice cream on it. It's pretty mental. If you Google Japanese toast, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> How aerodynamic is it, though? It does not look like you could put it in your mouth and have it dangling out. They, these are complicated toasts. So uh, we cut to the end of the school day when two girls walk up to Isagi and go, hey, are you uh, Shingo Tsukino's uh, big sister? You're like, yeah. And they're like, why is he such a dick? <laughs> Can you? Like, like, We're not even telling on him. We want you to explain to us what is wrong with him. That's how angry we are. But I will say, for people who are claiming not to understand, the story that they, well, the flashback that they cube seems pretty explanatory why he's being a dipshit. Yeah, like his, his other dick friends are and they're like, here's this beautiful crush that he has on this girl and she's offering him something and he recognizes that it's precious and worthwhile. And then his, his douchey, douchey mate are like, haha, when are you getting married? And like a lot of eight-year-olds would, he's like, never! The opposite gender is full of germs! I'm gonna crush this! Um, and he doesn't even actually try to, he doesn't actually try to damage the doll, he just wants to shove it back and yeah. then it breaks. Yeah, she's broken her heart! She's giving him the prize-winning doll! The thing that yeah. just made her national news media, she probably had press outside the school earlier, we just didn't see it, I'm assuming. <laughs> um, and she's she she's going to give that to Shingo because of the feeling she doesn't understand that she's so close to him and he shoves it away and it breaks. Yeah. Which, well, look, by the way, I'm okay. going to go to school and publicly give an eight-year-old boy an elaborate French doll. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes. The thing is, he, he actually gets it. Like, he's like, oh, wow, are you sure you want to give it to me? And she's like, yeah, for some reason, I kind of want to give it to you. And he's like, oh, for some reason, I really want it. And then everything goes horribly wrong because peer pressure is terrible. Yeah. And it falls to the ground and shatters in uh, the most horrifying way <laughs> where, like, chunks of the head are missing mm -hmm. and, like, a leg is cracked. It's, like, really horrifying. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, is there anyone who is not afraid of these kind of dolls? Uh, I mean, I'm not yeah. afraid of them. You would be comfortable in her room where it is just a cabinet of heads. I mean, yeah, I'd be, I would, I mean, would I be comfortable? I'd be like, this is ugly, but I wouldn't be afraid. I would just be like, these are I wouldn't be lame. afraid. I'd just be deeply, deeply uneasy about the whole situation. <laughs> so uh, from there, like the, the kids are like, hey, what the fuck is wrong with your brother? And Usagi's like, look, I will have a, we will have a come to Jesus meeting. Yeah. Uh, and I love it. I love that she's so furious about the fact that he's he's broken this girl's heart. He's, Unforgivable. She's she's honest, guys. Unforgivable. I shock you. I'm I'm surprised that she doesn't do the I'll punish him thing because like we've yeah. seen her do that as uh, Usagi before, and I love it. From there, we go to Mika's house, uh, and her name is Mika in the novel. I assume it is in the anime or in the uh, American dub as well. Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, yeah. So we go to her house, and it is every available surface is covered in dolls and there are weird <laughs> little close-ups and I, I figured out last night what is so creepy about them is that they don't look like the characters in this show oh true good point they look like people they are photorealistic yeah. dolls that do not look like because you'd think if you were going to make a doll in the universe of Sailor Moon it would have you know big eyes and a tiny mouth and a giant head and four foot but, legs but they look like dolls they look like real dolls uh, yeah. They, yeah they look like real dolls like they don't like real dolls. Not, that not, is a different episode. Not that yeah. kind of real doll. <laughs> 
gross, gross, gross. They look like they look like French dolls. Um, and there's like this bald one right in the middle of one of those close-ups. Like I think it's supposed to be a baby doll, but it's the creepiest of all. It looks like uh, Baron Harkonnen from Dune. It does. <laughs> oh. Uh. oh. So then we see, as though that was not weird and off-putting enough. And I, I, again, I think the the reason they are so off-putting in this show is that they're right in the Uncanny Valley, uh, yeah. where they they look more like us than the characters. But we see her, we see her carving a new doll. But the, like she is like, if I showed you a picture of this and you didn't notice like the seams where the 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 neck and the arms are, it would just look like she is stabbing a baby in the face with an exact knife. <laughs> it is. The, why would you paint the eyes before you were done carving the face? Because the eyes and the windows to the soul. Uh, so she has made a new doll that looks really sad. And uh, her mom comes in and she's like, hey, is there a reason you are sitting in the dark with all the lights off, knifing a doll in the face? That seems weird. And Mika's response is, I can concentrate better in the dark. And it's like, okay. Get this kid to therapy right away. Yeah, super creepy. So the mom is like, oh, this one looks really sad. And and Mika goes, oh, do you think? <laughs> and the mom like mistakes that for her being like offended uh, at her work. She's like, "Oh no, it's okay to make a doll that looks sad." So she's like trying to smooth it over, but mom is oblivious. Like she never goes, "Hey, do you want to do you want to talk about what happened to school?" Because <laughs> her daughter is obviously upset at making sad dolls. <laughs> yeah. And then when she asks her where the prize-winning doll is, she starts shaking and telling her she she's like, "I don't have it anymore." Like this whole thing is like gothic horror. How to be it's an oblivious so, parent. Like, creepy and off-putting and how to be a completely oblivious parent like yeah. how to be ah, completely unaware she's even worse we'll, we'll come back to this this mother later <laughs> later yes, she takes like true. a she takes like a, a <laughs> shot to the gut yeah <laughs> so what happens next oh so ne- what happens next is um we cut well, back well, to- what happens next is that mika cries alone in her room with the lights <laughs> off looking at a <laughs> sad doll yes but I, then what happens is right. that we go to uh the woods right uh and this and guys guess what the stars see all the stars know all true uh are there any weird children out there with their energy nearing its peak? Oh, yeah, there's a creepy doll girl. Let's talk about for a moment again. This, the, here's the downside of, of having all these young children. Again, this is their peak energy. They're going to, it's all downhill from here. Yeah, let's talk to these kids. Like, this is as good as it gets. This is her peak output of doll making, and the rest of her life is just going to be a letdown from this. Listen, I, I'll tell you, I certainly had more energy when I was a teenager. Like, now, all I want to do is sleep. Yeah. It occurs to me that Usagi is never in danger of being the target of a Dark Kingdom plot because she's never going to be at peak energy. A thousand years from now. So... Uh, so she, uh, so, so, so yes, uh, Nephrite reveals, of course, yes, this girl is going to be the next target. Cut back to the, the, the Tsukino home where Yusagi has shown up to, to talk to Shingo. She <laughs> walks right in and punches straight down into the top of his head. It's pretty epic. Uh, we also see Shingo trying to write an apology letter. Oh, that yeah. is not going well. No. <laughs> and it's in the novel. It's even, uh, it's even more hilarious because his, his apology letter is like, dear Mika, uh, I'm really sorry that that I broke your doll. I just got really upset when the kid, the other kids asked us when we were going to get married. But I mean, if you want to get married, maybe someday. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, no, 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 that's stupid. That's terrible. Oh, I should, I should mention that uh, I do love that in the American version, him writing the, of the, uh, the dub of it, uh, he says, I'm sorry about your doll. 
because he is <laughs> super Canadian. From the, they're from that Canadian area of Japan. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm so sorry of, uh, about your doll. Place in. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Usagi walks in, drops uh, uh, drops the hammer on him. <laughs> She's so pissed. I love it. She's like, "How dare you do this to a child? I I will punish you, <laughs> or I will tell mom and dad." Which which is a threat, you know? Like I I can't think that um, even Mrs. Pacino would be happy to let that one slash. So uh, he goes and tries to apologize, but who yeah. should roll up? Oh yes, but Maxfield uh, Stanton. Uh oh. I love how much Nick Wright loves Earth Life. Like he's like, oh yeah, I need a disguise. I'm gonna be a millionaire. I'm gonna have the car. I'm gonna have the clothes. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do all this stuff, and it's gonna be really amazing and fun. I get the feeling he's not really invested in the Dark Kingdom. Yeah. The one thing he learned from Jedi was don't show Queen Barrel your expense reports. <laughs> She's gonna be like, uh, what is this Ferrari? What is this? He's going, oh, that's a very evil car. <laughs> yeah, very, very Shingo is car. totally impressed. Shingo is like, oh, that's a nice yeah. car. So yes, uh, it is Maxfield Stanton, aka Masato Senjuin, aka Nephlite, aka Nephrite. I, I, I couldn't let the the Maxfield go uh, any longer. I, I had to say to myself, is that actually a name? That's nonsense. That's gibberish. And so I googled it. There's definitely a, a surname Maxfield, but on Wikipedia, I can only find one person whose first name was Maxfield, and it's a, a, a an American painter named Maxfield Parrish, uh, who lived from 1870 to 1966. So apparently Maxfield is a legitimate name, even though it sounds like it's made and up. And what was his real name in the Dark Kingdom? <laughs> Maxfield Parrish? <laughs> Actually, oh my god. Oh my god. Hold on. You're right. I'm sorry. That's not his real name. It says right here, he was born Frederick Parrish. So... <laughs> Maxfield is not a real name. <laughs> I'm sure it is. It must be. Must be. I'm sure I've heard it before. I'm so, only finding uh, last quick, names. Quick question, Jordan. Please. It's Maxfield you have a problem with, and not Nephrite. <laughs> but Nephrite is a is a is his is his monster name in Monster World. You could call monster people <laughs> anything. He comes out okay. into the real world and says, "Hey, I want to be called Maxfield," and everybody goes, "Got it. That's cool." Well, he actually comes <laughs> yeah. out of the real world and says, "I want to be called Masato." <laughs> well, in, Which in is that version. Yes, yes. Which is a super, super ordinary name. Um, but Maxfield, feel like it's the kind of name that if you were going to pick a name that didn't exist, but you wanted it to have like connotations <laughs> of unbelievably rich and douchey, it's a good name. It, it really is. And also, Jordan, yeah, he's not from there. <laughs> oh, so this is a this is a Ford Prefect situation. Yeah, it is totally yeah. the kind of name a person would have. Like, like, yeah, it sounds like. Uh, it sounds like a human name. <laughs> it has all the elements of a human name. Okay. He probably like passed a billboard uh, when he was doing his uh, Nephrite or his Jedi case the city walk around to see what kind of schemes he could have. He probably had like for like Maxfield, attorney at law. Or like, Maxfield, that's a human name. Got it. Uh, I love the way that he is introduced in this scene. Uh, he knocks on the door and he talks to Mika's mom, uh, who then introduces him to Mika as a local doll enthusiast. <laughs> Which that is the kind so of like th that is what they would run on the news like under <laughs> like under the words Maxfield Stanton yeah. like Maxfield Stanton arrested <laughs> uh, local doll enthusiast Maxfield Stanton I just like I love that that is how this woman is explaining this to her child like he's, oh honey he's a local doll enthusiast he's so glamorous <laughs> like people would believe anything he, oh, that that is another thing uh, in the American dub so so uh, he comes in he goes yeah I just love dolls so much uh, I saw your doll it was 
was great. And they go, oh, cool, cool. He goes, can I see we that prize winning doll? should have a voice off between <laughs> your uh, Nephrite and my Darian. That, that's really what he talks like. I'm not even kidding. In the American dub, that's what he sounds like. I just um, love dolls. <laughs> I'm not joking. I will call it up so you can hear what he sounds like. He is creepy. Um, so he's talking about wanting to see the prize winning doll. They go, oh, uh, we don't uh, have that. <laughs> and so they go, oh, show them, show them the one you've got now. So she brings out the like half finished naked doll. And he's like, oh, it's so sad. It's so good. I love it so much. And he's t- <laughs> he touches it and he puts his, his crest on, on its head. Yeah, um, and what they see, what Mika and her mom yeah. see is this weird guy staring at a doll and then slowly touching it. Yes, yes. Because he's like doing the whole like monster take her energy. Like that. That is all in his head. But he's like yeah. clearly like doing that. And then the mo- he's sitting on their couch. But the mother is like, "Oh, this is so exciting!" And it's like, "It's what?" <laughs> Look. You're very oblivious, lady. Like you're nice, <laughs> but you're not really good at like keeping an eye on threats to your child. Have you seen his car? That's true. He's it's obviously yeah. important. It's pretty good. Here, uh, let me let me see. I'm gonna see if I can play you this douche voice so you can hear that he is what I sound like. Flattered. And your daughter also has a great talent. That's very kind. <laughs> Mika's doll that won first prize in the the contest. It was very beautiful. Tell me. I'm not wrong. It was very beautiful. <laughs> he has like the weirdest, yeah. phoniest douche voice. My name is Maxfield Stent. <laughs> I'm a local doll enthusiast. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, he puts the evil crest on the doll and it takes hold immediately. He tells uh, he tells Mika's mom, like, hey, can your eight-year-old daughter make ten of these real quick? You know, like child labor <laughs> so that I can sell them for a profit. <laughs> She's like, oh, sure, definitely. <laughs> it's so good. And, I love and in the novel, I don't know if it's like this in the American dub, Jordan, but in the novel, it's 20. No, it's just 10 in the in the, in the in the dub as well. Like I said, this dub is is very, very close. They, they change very little. It's almost exactly uh, the same. He also assures them that he has buyers for them, that he won't take any of the money. It's like all the profit will go back to, to Mika and her mom. And they're like, really? You're not going to like charge a fee for selling them or anything? And he's it's like, no, catch. I do it for the love of the art. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> so, so many red flags. Just so many red flags. Oh, but also wow. he his touch also changes the expression on the doll entirely. The sad doll becomes the creepy, angry doll. Well, the thing is, like, Mika immediately goes to her room to start making these dolls. Like, you know, again, you know, like child labor. <laughs> right. And uh, her mom comes in and she's like, Mika, you, you sure you can make all these dolls? And Mika backhands her mom. Yeah. Like, okay. Which also, which, by the way, knocks <laughs> mom down. Yeah. And it's like, okay, look, she's eight. <laughs> Like I will let I will let an eight year old backhand me in the stomach, and I'll guarantee I won't fall down. This is where, this is where I this is where I question again the the physics of the of the Dark Kingdom's plan because it seems like when he puts this crest on people, they spend more energy. They don't well, no, they, well, the, save look, it. It ramps up their energy until it hits its peak, and yeah. then it takes it all away. It ramps up their energy output. Again, she stays up for three days straight. That doesn't make you gain energy. That makes you lose it. Look, you're thinking of it in human terms. Oh, okay, sure. right. That's what it is. Yep. This is the Dark Kingdom. <laughs> unless, yes. unless they're harvesting all that energy at once. 
Like as it's coming out, it's it's but, flowing into the Dark Kingdom. That doesn't make any sense. She's actually well, making the dolls. Shouldn't it be like, oh, I'm going to make ten dolls, and then she falls asleep instead and doesn't, and all the energy she would have spent when on the dolls. When she's at the peak of her energy, then <laughs> okay. she's going to be comatose. All right. I assume all right. she's going right. to end up like all the people who got their energy stolen by Jedi. All right, all right. Uh, it doesn't. I, I mean, I'm saying all right, meaning I concede, but I don't buy it. <laughs> You were saying all right, meaning that we've been recording for, for three hours now. Uh, all right. So, yeah, Mika backhands her mom and is like, shut up, mom. <laughs> and then, and then mom, like, okay, so if that was me as an eight-year-old hitting my mother, I would be off this doll-making project. I would be sitting in my room without oh, yeah. dolls or any entertainment around me. My mom would be calling the doctor to find out what was wrong with me. Did I have a parasite or something like that? None of this. I mean, my mom oh, My mom would be calling a doctor and she'd be like, oh, my my, my son has uh, fallen down some stairs. No, that would not happen. That would no. That's so, because... But that's, I mean, I would do... Yeah, you that's would not be getting back to work. That's because no. that's because you, as an eight-year-old, hadn't mastered the the authoritarian tone of this child <laughs> standing menacingly over her mother. Her mother is too scared to do anything. She tells her, "Get yeah. back to work. <laughs> Put on your exhibition. I'll be there later." So uh, the next day, Shingo shows up to apologize because apparently he saw Nefera show up and just gave up and just went back home. The next day, mom's like, "Yeah, Mika's been up all night. By the way, I'm her mom." <laughs> <laughs> but nothing to do, I guess. Can't take away that set of knives she's in that dark room with. Um, and Mika obviously refuses to talk to Shingo, just like Rui refused to talk to uh, Naru in the uh, tennis episode. Uh, so Shingo heads home and uh, Serena comes in, Isagi comes in, and is much more sympathetic. There is no punching him in the head in she, this episode. She brings him, not only does she bring him a drink, she has it on like a little serving tray. She like brings, she's become a professional waitress uh, on his behalf. It's very strange. Did, do you think she used her transformation pen? <laughs> that, that's what it was. A good waitress like she was threatening to a couple weeks ago? <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yep. That's where that, that serving tray She's came like, from. like, oh man, I didn't have any opportunity to do this, so I'm going to do it now. Maybe she transformed into a good sister and that's why she's being so nice. This is the so advice nice This is the advice that you saw you give Shingo. She goes like, I don't know like how to make her like me again. And you feel like he's like, give her a present. <laughs> Material yeah. goods will solve every problem you have bro <laughs> not wrong <laughs> so so then i love this He's scene too and, um i feel like it's like he is wrong generally but she's right in the specific instance that a gift well made well made with love will be good yeah yeah especially i mean she doesn't well to be fair to people who say that she's wrong <laughs> she doesn't say make one but you're right the fact that he does take it to mean i should make her something is actually makes it a little nicer the like the, the other thing that happens in the scene is that luna comes up and she's like uh hey dummy <laughs> You don't think there's anything weird about this eight-year-old backhanding is, her mom? This is the best part. This is the best part. Because, yes. And Usagi's like, Usagi's like, God, just let Amy and Ray deal with it. I know you like it better, you stupid no, cat. No, no, you're, you're skipping the part I like where, where they're like, something is weird. And Serena's like, yeah, yeah, a, like a cursed doll. And Luna goes, what? A cursed doll? I was thinking Dark Kingdom. You know, the thing that we, we see 
all the time. And she's like, oh, I guess. Oh, to be, yeah. Every time, I, every time you leave the house, this buggy, just get used to the fact that how is she still surprised? <laughs> we'll actually talk about this in a couple weeks the next time we get to an episode where uh, the, the next one, I think, that wasn't brought over to America, uh, where it's like, yeah, Japanese superheroes, they only ever fight one thing. <laughs> and they fight it all the time. Right. <laughs> So, like, yeah, listen, Usagi, if you hear something weird's going down, like, 90% chance it's going to be the Dark Kingdom. <laughs> Especially no. if it involves someone suddenly spending a whole lot of energy and violently doing this relatively peaceful activity. Nope, it's a cursed doll. <laughs> if only it was a cursed doll. So, uh, Shingo decides that uh, since he and uh, Mika are both fans of Sailor Moon, he is going to make her a Sailor Moon doll as a way of apologizing. And oh, so he, it's so pretty. He basically makes a fertility idol. <laughs> <laughs> and Serena uh, sees it and says oh it's so cute that you're making her a little pig <laughs> and he goes that's not a pig it's Sailor Moon and she's like oh Sailor Moon would be thrilled with that <laughs> It's pretty adorable. It is adorable. He is sculpting a Sailor Moon out of clay. Yeah. Uh, so as that's going on, there's an exhibit of the dolls. And guess who's going? It's our favorite couple. <gasps> oh, Yay! yeah. I, I love the dating. <laughs> Mamoru and Ray's dates are basically, she drags him to something that she's interested in, but he's not. But right. he has never at any point summoned the guts to say, I'm not into this. Right. So he has no one but himself to blame. It's funny because it didn't come up at all last episode that they were dating. So I had forgotten. Because it hasn't, they haven't talked about it since the uh, the garden episode. So that was like what three episodes ago. Mm. So when when we saw them walking together arm in arm, I was like, "What? This is still a thing? <laughs> What's going on?" I was very surprised. I mean, I've I've seen them before again, but it's been a while. Uh, I think the best part of this is when Ray is like. Aren't these dolls great? Didn't you hear about how she won that doll making competition? That French style doll making competition? That highly specific thing? And uh, memory was like, yeah, I don't really read doll news. <laughs> and Ray is shocked. He's like, yeah. oh my god, are you not following dolls? Are you, not, are you not like, are you not part of the doll fandom? Yeah, are, are you like, are you real? Everybody isn't. It's like dolls are like the Game of Thrones of of this universe. Like, you can't. It, to people that you you stopped watching Game of Thrones in the middle of season one, which I did, um, because it, exactly that's the reaction. Are you are you not following? I'm like, I know what happens. It's fine. Yeah. So so Ray and and Mamoru are just there as part of their date, while Usagi and uh, Amy are there as part of uh, their stakeout of you know the evil part of their sailor business. Yes, their sailor business. <laughs> uh, Amy has shown up with the Luna basket. Luna hiding in the in the adorable picnic basket. Amy is also wearing a really weird outfit with a uh, headband. I don't know. I'm not a fan. That polka dot headband is just, oh, even by the standards of the show, that's a special outfit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I'm not, I don't go for that one. Uh, but she, yeah, so she's she's walking around with a cat in a basket, who's peeking out, going, "Hmm, hmm what's going on?" Uh, they find uh, Sh uh, Shingo and Isagi go to find uh, Mika, who is still <laughs> who is at the exhibit exhibition, but is still working on the the dolls. So she's like in the back room, like cranking away, making these dolls for Maxfield. And fans. let's just point out that she is wearing the evil makeup. Oh so yeah, she she has the eyeliner of evil. <laughs> 
That's true. That's true. Um, oh, also at the exhibition, Maxfield and Darian, or rather, uh, uh, you know, Nephrite and uh, and uh, Memoru walked by each or other. Or Endymion. Yes. They walked by each other and have a big uh, freak out moment where both of them are like, what the? <laughs> yeah. The, the, in our past lives, we were bros feeling. Um, we actually talked about this. I, I talked about this with my wife afterwards because I didn't, I didn't remember what his connection to them is. And we don't always spoil things, but apparently like, I, I'm going to talk about it anyway, because I was like, whoa, really? I don't remember that. That they were, he, the, the four kings were like his bodyguards? Yeah, the four kings were, uh, I believe they were Prince Endymion's equivalent to the Sailor Scouts. And, yeah. and according to Devin, in the manga, it says they all used to date the Scouts. No, that's um, based on an image where they were like paired up with somebody. So it was an idea that um, Takeuchi was thinking about, but she didn't really develop. Okay, it didn't actually manga. get get happen. Okay. okay. Yeah, but it's like a design piece that, that's really beautiful that does pair them up. And the, I think in a couple of the musicals, they get paired up. Hmm. I think Wouldn't it's that fun. be great if the boy that uh, that uh, uh, Makoto was always reminded of was like Nefrakt? <laughs> like, oh, he has he can jump over a fence and has beautiful <laughs> eight pounds of beautiful brown hair like that boy who broke my heart. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Interestingly enough, the novel completely omits this scene. Weird. Uh, where Memoru and Nephrite have their moment uh, because, and I'm curious as to why this happened uh, or, or if it was just that obviously the novels have kind of moved in the direction of the uh, Usagi Memoru, the Serena Darian relationship. Right. Uh, there's no mention of the Memoru Ray relationship at all in the novels. Oh. So they would not be dating. They would not be going to the doll museum on a date. Uh, Memoru is not in this scene. He's Wait, not in this section of the novel. But what, didn't, weren't they dating in the, in the park episode or no? I don't think they were. I think she just uh, I, I don't remember there being a mention of them dating. I think that was all in the show. Wow. Uh, well, she really so is. She really is taking it back. Yeah. Shipping. She's, she's, she's clearly t- changing back the things that they changed from the show or for, uh, to make the show from the manga, I mean. Yeah, because in the I mean, in the last episode, they had that really really intense uh, Serena Darian moment. Uh, you're smart and pretty. You don't need anyone other than me. Right. right. Uh, so yeah, we don't get that here. But uh, I, I, and I think that's interesting because I think that's a really cool bit of foreshadowing because obviously we know that memory is tuxedo mask. Uh, and if we didn't get that, we probably got it when Ray was like, memory is tuxedo mask. <laughs> <laughs> we knew uh, before that. Uh, for some reason, Shingo shows up at this ex- exhibition wearing a hat that says Singo. I can What's explain this one. Please. <laughs> All right. So um, the, the romanization has like varying levels. So the, the Japanese sounds for the, the S band is sa, shi, su, se, so. But sometimes the romanization writes the, the she as si. Huh. And that's why it's single, which a Japanese person would read as Shingo. Okay, there you go. I thought it was because he likes to sing songs. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> or it's like, like he, it's like the Simpsons episode where they couldn't find the Bart keychain. Like, Singo is his Bort. <laughs> my, son's name is, my son's name is also Singo. 
Uh, so the Sailor Moon doll gets uh, stepped on and crushed. Unforgivable. <laughs> Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this so- monster design is so creepy. Oh yeah, like, just the- to add to the horror movie vibe. These. It's a really like- great monster design, though. I really love it. But yeah, it is. It is creepy. I think less creepy than the actual doll. Yes, that is true. Because uh, it is true. basically a uh, like an artist's uh, like an artist dummy or a, a marionette. There's like like the pieces aren't connected. All like the 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 arms. The- Torso. Yeah. yeah, it's neat. Uh, I really, neat. really like yeah. the monster design. Me too. Me too. Very much so. So, oh, yeah. Sorry. Go on. I'm going to talk about <laughs> oh, how ahead. the dolls get massively even creepier during the fight scene. So anyway, they go. They they um the the doll knocks Sailor Moon out of the room, and then Mars and Mercury show up. At one point, uh, Usagi says, "Even the Girls' Day dolls are angry." Yeah, which is that is a that is a deep cut Japanese culture reference. Yeah, I yeah. that's one I don't get. Oh, so Girls' Day is like um, it's a special day where you have like these set of like Imperial Heian era dolls dressed in court dress. Um, and so you have the emperor and the empress, and then you have like the ladies in waiting and, uh, um, and on ranked rows. It's really, I mean, it's really cool. And then you go and have a tea party with your friends to celebrate this. So it's a thing that, that, um, little girls especially get really, really into. Okay, cool. When is girls day? Yeah. Do we need to have another um, party for girls day? Hey. Sometime in May, I think. May. Um, Hinamatsuri. Oh, it's. A, I was gonna, uh, So the first thing that came up is apparently a South Korean girl group called Girls oh, Day. Cool. <laughs> okay, yeah, so Hinamatsuri is like Dolls Festival, uh, or yeah, girl, Girls Festival, and it's March third. There you go. All right, March third. So mark your calendars for. Uh, <laughs> we will have two parties next year: oh, a Sailor Moon's birthday party, and we will celebrate Girls Day with all of my Sailor Moon dolls. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of dolls, yes. Uh, they're fighting this dolls. The doll, uh, the doll uh, monster starts choking Sailor Moon to death, which sucks. I I want to point out that uh, so Mars and Mercury show up, and what happens is Mercury immediately does Mercury bubbles. Listen, I know there's a lot of Mercury fans out there, and I'm a Mercury fan, but I'm pretty confident that what happens is Mercury shows up to a fight and immediately does Mercury bubbles because she knows otherwise people are just gonna be like, you are completely useless. Like she, <laughs> she just she has to run up and do it right away, and people go, oh. Okay, bubbles. Jordan, if you control the <laughs> battlefield, you control the battle. <laughs> okay, Artem. Okay, Sun Tzu. Yeah, it's, she's a great strategic thinker. But it doesn't really do much. All it does is kind of put a mist around everything. Like, <laughs> neither of the, the, the two let me, episodes, ask, let me ask you a question, Jordan. Yeah. Can you put a mist around everything? No. Well, there you go. Do I need to, though? So envious of Mercury's powers. But what I like about this mist is that suddenly flying out of it come dolls that yes. are now vampire dolls. Yes. Yeah, they're terrifying because they are dolls with like that look like people and now they have giant fangs yes very true i just i just posted a screenshot of them on twitter which just this is fine <laughs> it is horrifying is what it is thankfully the dolls don't look like that in the room if they looked like that in the room i don't think i'd be as as comfortable i actually think they are i think they might be less scary <laughs> <laughs> that the just regular baby Harkonnen and dolls. Uh, I do like that we get a nice little uh, bit of uh, Sailor Mars's exorcism powers, which is a cool thing. Like, I like the idea that the the Negaverse, the Dark Kingdom, can possess objects and make them evil, yeah. but that and you that, can stop and that, that. And that that her her powers, which are not related to her being a Sailor Senshi, are actually really effective. And yeah. I like Ray. I like mm. Ray just fine. All right, yeah. but. We 
we've got to point out that there's a lot of paper being thrown at this massive doll monster. Where is it all coming from? Does she have like a like a notepad? <laughs> Good question. I wonder if they like. I would love to see. Like, I have a little. Uh, there's a Japanese pro wrestler named Kazuchika Okada, who uh, his nickname is the Rainmaker. And whenever he comes out, they always drop these golden, uh, like ten thousand dollar bills with his face on them from the from the roof of the arena. And I have like a sheet of those uh, those dollar bills. It's like the size of a checkbook, and it's just bound on one end, and you can tear them out and throw them in the air or whatever. Nice. Oh. Uh, I would love to see if there's like a pad like that of the the exorcism things, like a pre-inked pad. <laughs> Of the uh, what do you call those? The uh, charms, aren't they? Yeah, I think of them um, as But so she, so she just charges them up and they go. Yeah, and then she, you know, she makes it rain, <laughs> makes it rain her uh, spirit tags. Yeah, she, she, she hits these dolls right in the face and they are out. They can't figure out how to beat the monster until uh, Amy puts on her supercomputer sunglasses and identifies the weak point. It's the right <laughs> leg. <laughs> Okay. See, see, technical thinking. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> out of nowhere. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, even though, again, the monster has literally shot every piece of its legs except for its feet at them and then recreated those legs from nothing. <laughs> but somehow, if you hit it in the foot, it will die. Which it does, Which dramatically. It does. Yeah, they, they, oh, but although you do get, you no, you have, you actually get a moment where they go, Sailor 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 Moon, Sailor Moon, it hit it in the, in the, in the right foot. And she goes, Moon. Yeah, like she, she's getting choked to death. She can't do Muntiara magic. So then, tuxedo a rose, mask. a wild rose appears. <laughs> Uh, yes, it, it, it distracts the monster for long enough for the monster to let uh, her neck go for no reason. And uh, then she's able to murder the monster. So what I love is that Shingo is such a massive fanboy of Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. So she turns like she she stands behind the curtain in a, in a sort of mystical way. And it's like, oh, good. You two are awake. That's awesome. Okay, bye. And bye. Shingo and Megan both like, Sailor Moon, here we go. <laughs> And then, uh, the, yeah, the button on this episode is uh, the doll making girl has made a, well, she calls it a doll. It's really looks like a statue of Sailor I mean, Moon. It kind of looks like my, uh, it, it is the exact size of my Sailor Moon action figure on the oh, shelf. It is exactly like those ones, except it doesn't look like it has points of articulation. It looks like it's. Uh, I do, I do like that Mika never actually sees the Sailor Moon doll that Shingo makes. So I am sure that Shingo was like, oh, that monster broke my Sailor Moon doll. Listen, it was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. It, looked it was so it was like I had shrunk her down. <laughs> I mean, it was probably like it was probably like almost as good as yours. And then, well, then he gets the Sailor Moon doll from her and starts immediately rubbing it on his face. <laughs> and he starts rubbing it on, which is weird. <laughs> is it? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's weird because it's his sister. I, well, that is true. And it is also weird because he is rubbing a doll on his face. And, and he's eight. Whatever. And then she is uh, she is immediately jealous that uh, yeah. that he you likes. like Sailor Moon that much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just made of the doll. You know, you know he likes Sailor Moon. You were there when she was there and he was rip, like flipping out. Right, right. This was a pretty fun episode. Uh, it had some ridiculous moments. I, I would recommend this episode. I think this is like a good filler episode. It's got actual, like I am an adult woman watching this and going, wow, this is actually genuinely kind of scary. I actually would not recommend this episode. I think <gasps> this is infinitely skippable unless you are really curious about Shingo. Like, yeah. <laughs> unless you're like, what's that? 
kids deals. It does uh, focus on Shingo a lot, and he's pretty unimportant in the long yeah, run. Yeah, which I think, you know, I... Because Mika's not the girl in the uh, Chanelas episode, right? Nope, nope So Shingo at eight has had two girlfriends. Not two crushes. Yeah, and they're he's not eight. girlfriends, officially. You're, you're, being, you're being those jerks at the beginning, Chris. Yeah. You're <laughs> not going to get married. married. <laughs> she was going to marry two girls and Sailor Moon. Why don't you just marry Sailor Moon? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I actually like a French uh, accent. Yes, these exactly. Past two episodes that Karen has joined us for, uh, I, I think, are the most skippable we've seen yet. I don't <gasps> think you're missing a whole lot oh, from these. There was a, there were, nah, there was another one I didn't like. What was the one I thought was no good? I mean, I didn't think the wedding dress was, episode was that good. I don't know. I think the wedding dress episode has more interesting stuff to it. Like that one's worth it just to see uh, Nephrite wrapping himself in silk. <laughs> <laughs> these I don't I think don't really have a whole lot going for them in terms of being they don't really advance the plot other than kind of introducing zoocyte which we've already seen uh and, and kind of ramping up that rivalry and I, I like the monsters are cool designs but they're not they're not the coolest we've seen and they're not really that great i mean i think the uh, model light is is better than uh yeah uh the the creepy doll monster to be honest with you who i think is a good design but i think these are two very forgettable episodes yeah i mean again i think the i like but again that's by the scale of Sailor Moon, a series that I, I love enough to talk about <laughs> for an hour and a half every week. Right, right, right. So, cool. Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, let me bring up the uh, the moral lesson. I've already forgotten what it is. Let's see what they had to say about it. I bet it's about not throwing your crushes objects on the ground. Even the best friends have misunderstandings, and sometimes it seems like the hardest thing in the world is to say, I'm sorry. But you know what? For Sammy, it was even harder putting it off to not say he was sorry. Having friends is important. If you have a misunderstanding with them, talk it out. And that means you. Uh, it's voice funny. Voice is different. Yeah, that, oh, that was the that was the original Sailor Moon voice again. Uh, I forget what her name is. I'd have to look it up. But yeah, the previous episode is the uh, is the one I I like most, which is um, my God. Now I've forgotten everybody's name. Terry Hawks. Terry Hawks. That that was that was the previous one. But this one is the original one again. Um, I don't know why. I guess they probably just did them out of order. Um, mm. But yeah, I think it's funny how in so many of these they clearly don't have much to say, <laughs> but they need yeah. to fill that whole time. So they're like, and that means. <laughs> you and then there's still five <laughs> seconds afterwards of just nothing that is a good ball though if you if you if yeah. you get in a fight with your friends if you do something wrong with your friends you should apologize and talk it out because yeah. look yeah. i think we all have something we did in elementary school where we were an accidental asshole that yeah. we feel bad yeah. about 25 years later yeah you wake up in the middle of the night you're like oh that thing i did 17 years ago was a horrible horrible thing you get up in the morning you're brushing your teeth you're feeling good you got your toast in your mouth running out the door then it's like hey remember when you made that girl cry it's like oh you're a monster i'm a monster <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a good message, I think. Occasionally you're gonna do something wrong and you should own up to it and say sorry. So that's a good lesson to learn from Sailor Moon, but now it's time for us to give you other lessons that we learned, uh, which are usually not as good. Oh no. Uh, it's time for Sailor Business says. Uh Karen, let's start with you. What did you learn from this episode? I learned that Jordan is way braver than me because he would go to sleep in a room with creepy dogs. <laughs> wow. Uh, 
wow that's the first time anybody's ever called me brave that's amazing but yeah i don't know the dolls don't seem that creepy but i, I mean yeah that. i am pretty brave i mean no i mean I, to me it doesn't <laughs> seem brave out there i mean yeah you, well, you, you can say it you know they say that bravery is not the absence of fear it's just that it's overcoming it and i'm just not afraid of those dolls is what i'm saying <laughs> it's not being brave um gosh what did i learn yeah i learned that if you uh, upset someone just buy them something that is what you do give them a gift you've upset me quite a bit jordan yeah, oh, i'm yeah. really upset jordan <laughs> i i'm skeptical that this is legit i think you're scamming me <gasps> how could you say how such an extra hateful so thing i mean now I'm really upset. all right yeah. i'm gonna have to get you guys both gifts sorry uh, I learned that if you're an eight-year-old, you can just backhand your mom and there are literally no consequences. <laughs> oh, man, this show. Only in Juba. Oh, wow. Uh, so uh, next next week, we will be uh, doing an episode called Usagi is Thrilled, Tuxedo Masks Love Letter. And um, this is going to be, this is going to be a very special episode. Do you want to, do you want to go ahead and talk about it, Jordan? Oh, actually, before we, t- we talk about it, I do, I do want to talk about it. Well, actually, I want you to talk about it because I, I, I can tell how excited you are. But before we do, actually... Actually, I'm going to say it probably won't be next week. It'll probably be the week after because this episode that you're listening to right now comes out on the 22nd of December. Uh, it seems very unlikely we will have one out for the 29th. So probably we will be able to send the next episode on the 5th of January. Uh, yeah. So uh, we are going to we are gonna have it done, though, and it is going to be a really good time. Oh, I know why have... you're excited. I'm sorry. I thought you were excited about the episode but uh, of the show, but now I understand what you're talking no, about. No, no. Now I'm, I'm excited. Look, we've had a lot of good guests on this show. Uh, we've had friends of mine. We've had new friends of mine. We've had people like Karen who I've met from doing this podcast who uh, have been an absolute joy to talk to. Next week, or, or next episode, Leanne Centaur, the Woo! author of the Sailor Moon novelizations that we've been reading along with, will be on the show to talk about Sailor Moon. I'm so excited. Me too. This is a must listen, everybody. I am going to be glued to my iPod. It's ah, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it's going to be like, if you have haven't listened to the last episode of Serial yet. Just wait. Just listen to ours first. Yeah, it's more listen important. to this. <laughs> I would say like we're probably ten times better than Serial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one actually dies. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. You, uh, you know who's good and you know who's bad. It's very simple. It's clean. <laughs> yeah, we just have eternal sleep you know, <laughs> in this show. But no, uh, I am so excited. Uh, Jordan, you reached out to Leanne Centaur to see if she would like to be on the show. Can I tell you something? It wasn't yes. even me. What happened was... Our fans reached out to Leanne Centaur. Let me see if I can find it. Someone tweeted at us and uh, and her going, oh, here we go. Uh, Daniel Fernandez tweeted, uh, the crossover that the world demands, Sailor Business and Tokyo Demons. And those were both at symbols because that's her her Twitter. And uh, she replied, haha, 1990s Sailor Moon makes me think of my time at Tokyo Pop. And I was like, yeah, we, we know. Yeah, we, would love, <laughs> we would love to have you on the show to talk about it. And she has <laughs> apparently listened to every episode now and is going to come on. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. That's great. So now Chris is going through in his head everything he's ever said about her. I really have. <laughs> I really yeah. have. But again, like, look. I know. Like I said, the, the novels are a little weird, but they are. She was 17. Uh-huh. And that and is super fun. They're yeah, super fun. fun. And they're really interesting. And I am like, I genuinely enjoy reading them along with the show. So uh, I am super excited about Leanne Centaur being here. I have so many questions. <laughs> uh, so everybody look forward to that. Uh, it'll be the first episode of the new year. Uh, have a great holidays if you if you uh, if you listen to this when it actually comes out. And uh, Karen, tell everybody about where they can find you on the internet. Oh, 
you can find me um, on Twitter at K-E Healy. Um, that's H-E-A-L-E-Y. You can find me at my Tumblr, which is Karen Healy, or you can find me on my website, which is KarenHealy.com. Excellent. Uh, I'm on Twitter at CrackShot with a zero, and the show's on Twitter at Sailor Business. Chris? Uh, I am on Twitter uh, at the ISB, and you can find me at uh, about.me slash Chris Sims if you're curious about any of the work I do writing about comics or writing comic books. Thank you all for listening. We hope you guys have a Merry Christmas and a uh, wonderful holiday season. Uh, happy Girls Day. <laughs> no. Happy Usagi's birthday. That's way, way far from now. like ages away. <laughs> all, the, all the major holidays. <laughs> happy my birthday. That's in August. My birthday uh, just happened. Thank you for listening. We uh, This is the, the end of the year where we started Sailor Business. Obviously, we haven't done a full year yet, but uh, it has been really enjoyable to do the show uh, and hear back from people and to make new friends like Karen and, and Donna and all the uh, really great people we have had on the show even even Betty who yells at me <laughs> so uh, seriously thank you all for listening uh, we will see you soon with an episode I am so excited about alright so uh, until next year keep your mind on sailor business sailor.